Hey, Jason here. In today's video, we're going to do part two of the full preliminary analysis of Logitech after we found out it was a great potential investment last time in part one. Before we get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this series as a podcast anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. You can get this part of the I Love Value Investing podcast anywhere in the world for free. And if you like this video here on YouTube and our other videos, make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. There we go. Should have my whole face on there. Brief disclaimer here this time, not the normal disclaimer. Again, I don't want to do any of these, but I have to because every time I don't, I get nasty comments. Um, this is for your informational purposes only uh, to show, show you my process for finding great, finding and evaluating great stocks faster. And let me make this go a little bit bigger because it looks really tiny on my screen. So hopefully that you can see that better. But this is for your informational purposes only to help you figure out or to help you learn how to evaluate stocks better, faster, more efficiently to find so you can spend more time looking at great stocks and less time looking at crap stocks. Okay, to see part one of this video where we figured out we just did the visual preliminary analysis, which is stage one um, in my analysis process. Today, we're going to stage two, which is actually doing filling out the preliminary analysis worksheet that I've developed for the last 15 years. You can get this for free in the links below. I'm going to tell you more about that um, at the end of this video. But today, we're going to go over Logitech, and I'm going to get my face out of here. There we go. And I'm going to make this screen bigger now. Hopefully you can see both screens very well. Okay, check, check. Okay, let's get going. So Logitech, for those who have not seen part one, which again, you can get for free at the link in the description. Um, they make computer and mobile accessory accessories, uh, peripherals, uh, video cameras, uh, keyboards, mice, charging stands, uh, tablet cases, car mounts. Um, remotes, cameras, all this kind of stuff. Um, actually, in full transparency, I didn't even realize this. I'm recording this with a Logitech um, HD camera, USB HD camera. So they make these kind of peripherals for mobile and computer. So let's get to oops, the actual preliminary analysis, which again, I, if you haven't seen my other videos like this, you can see this is the base of the Baidu analysis. I have not done anything for the Logitech before I forget, before I mess that one up. Let's get this over here before I mess up the Baidu one. And let's actually exit out of that. Don't save so I don't mess that up. So let's get to it. $13.3 billion market cap. Um, Again, if this is in millions here or billions or trillions <laughs> um, now, since more companies seem to be going over that number, um, make sure to change this because that will make a gigantic difference in <laughs> the company. For example, if this was 13.3 million versus 13.3 billion, that'll make a gigantic difference. 1.2% dividend. margin is and again I, I've done a lot of these videos so if you want to see the full explanation of these videos you can find it by going to our main page and searching preliminary analysis and we have some longer videos in here that are 
30, 45 minutes long, um, three trainings. I'm not going to go into the full explanation of everything on this sheet, um, but if you want the full explanation, more detailed explanation, make sure to go to the main Dying Dustin Journey Facebook page and um, so you can see that explanation. Alrighty, I apologize for that. I got a message that I had to respond to. So that is my calendar. You don't want to see that. So let's get back to operating margin. Okay, their operating margin has gone up significantly. And I remember saying that in the video in the last five years, um, or in the first video in the last five years. And that frankly, again, is not surprising. Um, I am been a lifelong gamer and I still game to a small de smaller degree now. Um, so I've known about Logitech for a lot longer than most people. Um, and frankly, seeing their operating margin going up significantly in the last five years or last decade is not surprising to me. Um, however, I do want to figure out if I were going to look at this company further, I would want to figure out and make sure I'm recording here. Ah, I am. Okay. I'm struggling this morning. <laughs> um, I would want to figure out, is this sustainable? I, again, knowing what I know about the gaming industry and Logitech to a uh, much smaller degree, because I have never evaluated them um, as an investment, um, after, other than this stage. I have done this stage on them before, but I never have read their financials or anything like that. I would need to figure out, is this sustain sustainable? For example, they from 2020 to 2021, their operating profit margin doubled. Is that sustainable? Because their revenue doubled. Um, is this a one-time COVID-related thing? Is Was there an acquisition? Should I expect this going forward? Um, I need to. I would need to figure that out. Okay, share count fell a little bit from 176 million in 2012 to 172 million in the trailing 12 month period. This is a fall of 2.3%. Oops, 2 this isn't a huge deal. Um, it is a little bit surprising because they are a smaller company. Most companies, smaller companies don't do buybacks. Um, but, and well, frankly, tech companies don't do buybacks most of the time either, unless they're gigantic and dominating the world like Apple. Um, but this is a good sign because it, it decreases the number of shares outstanding, which increases all else remaining equal, the cash flow per share and that in time increases the value of the shares over time because over the long term companies are valued on based on the cash flows they produce um so that is why buybacks are so important okay book value per share rose significantly from 7.33 per share in 2012 to 13.51 per share in the trailing 12 month period. Again, most of this rise has happened from 2020 to 2021. So that combined with a massive jump in revenue, I'm assuming there was some kind of acquisition um, by Logitech in 2020, 2021. I would want to figure out why that huge jump. Um, this is a good sign because this is, this shows, or it's one sign that the company's underlying intrinsic value is going up over time. Um, but we need to figure that out when we get to the actual balance sheet and look at goodwill and stuff like that. 
So this number is up 3% again. Um, most of this is in the last year. So I'm assuming there was an acquisition and actually instead of assuming acquisition. Um, doesn't look like they've done an acquisition since 2018, which is a little bit surprising based on the numbers. Okay, so this is what happened. They bought the company in 2019, but they didn't expect them to uh, Streamlabs to add any value to the company until 2020. So that's what happened in 2020, why the big jump from 2020 to 2021 happened. Okay, that makes sense. Go back over here. And Streamlabs, again, I should probably give context there, Streamlabs. I'm assuming based on their name, they are a streaming company, streaming peripherals, stuff like that. Um, streaming technology that um, streaming is becoming huge. It's going to get uh, even bigger. That's why there's such a huge jump from 2020 to 2021. ROIC 46.1% and 39.6 plus 32.4. Plus 22.4 plus 21.4. One, two, three, four, five. Just make try count here properly. 25.5. Okay, their ROICs are gigantic. They have been for a long time. They've improved with this acquisition. Um, if pretty much all of these, this massive increase from 2020 to 2021 are from this acquisition, which it looks like. Um, I would guess some of this is also due to COVID stuff and people playing games more and being stuck in the house more as well. Um, but if they, if a huge chunk of this increased value and increased profits and increased revenue is from specifically the acquisition, this is a massively, massively successful acquisition <laughs> to put, and that's an understatement. Most acquisitions are not a creative, meaning they don't add a ton of value or profits to companies because most acquisitions are done improperly and they don't integrate things properly afterwards and they overpay for stuff. Uh, there's a whole, that's a whole another series of videos, frankly. But if this is largely from the increase uh, after the acquisition, that means they did an excellent um, job integrating, buying this company and then integrating this company. 
The only reason it's in here is to compare to ROIC. If ROE is higher than ROIC, which they are in both the trailing 12 month period and the five year period, it means the company has debt. In this case, it means the company has a little bit of debt. Um, if this number was say 90% trailing 12 month ROE and their five year, or and their um, Morningstar ROIC was 46%, that would mean they would have a significant amount of debt. Why? Because ROE is levered by debt, while ROIC is not. So the more debt a company has, the higher this number is. And this can go negative when the company has negative profitability as well, leverages it positively or negatively. In this case, it's a good thing. And they don't have a ton of debt. So 14.4. I look for anything above 5% on a consistent basis here. I look for anything above 10% consistently on operating margin. I should have said that earlier. And 10% up or higher on ROICs. So, so far, uh, Logitech looks like a fantastic potential investment to consider investing in at this point. Um, however, these are still the metrics and numbers which we saw to a large degree in the first video. I already kind of knew this going in, which is... Again, another reason why we why we are doing this analysis um, further. But these things down here are where most companies, frankly, go to die for me because of the cash conversion cycle um, issues, which leads to inventory issue or which can lead to inventory issues and some of the other stuff we talked about in, I again, I have specific videos talking about the cash conversion cycle. I'm not going to go fully in depth here um, if you want to see that. Um, make sure to check on the YouTube channel for that and search cash converted cycle as well. But I will talk about it here because I can see some stuff that's already going on. Rose from 35 days in 2012 to uh, 41 days and uh, Cash conversion cycles rising generally or pretty much always not a good thing. It means the company is becoming less efficient over time, which generally leads to lower profits, lower cash flows. In this case, it's not a huge difference. We have seen some in some other videos where cash conversion cycles go up from like 20 days to 200 days, and that's a massive, gigantic, 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 gigantic red flag. Um, in this case, it's a small jump, um, and it's due to it's taking them slightly longer, about nine days longer to sell stuff. Um, it's not leading to a rise in their inventory at this stage. Um, they do are paying their suppliers slightly longer, but in this case, not a huge deal. Um, but however, if this continues to rise, if this continues to jump from 38 days rounded up in 2012, the day sales outstanding to say 60 days, that's an issue because that will most likely lead to higher inventory issues, um, which could lead to uh, higher discount products, which could lead to lower revenues, lower cash flows, lower uh, profits, all that kind of stuff. As of now though, not a huge deal. Something to definitely watch though going forward. Okay, their enterprise value. For those of you who haven't seen the other videos as well, enterprise value I is far better than market cap because it includes both cash and debt. 
Um, and since 99% of all companies on Earth have either or both of those, um, as a comp- person who looks at buying the stock as buying a portion ownership in an entire company, which is technically what it is, um, I want to know what the enterprise value is because that gives me the total value of the entire company after subtracting cash, adding debt, and these other things we're going to talk about. Uh, to sum up, it gives a more realistic picture of what the company's valuation is in a real-world sense. And my tab went away, so I need to bring it back. Okay. So they have minus 1.14 billion in cash, cash equivalents in short-term investments. Uh, short-term debt. They have ten million out. Zero point zero one short-term debt and capital leases. Uh, about thirty million. Zero point zero three in long-term debt. Assuming they don't have any preferred stock, most companies uh, do not have preferred stock anymore, and I don't see any down here. Um, also, assuming they don't have any minority interest because most smaller companies do not have minority interest. But I'm going to check just in case. Long-term investments. It's typically not total long-term investments. Um, but Morningstar continues changing their stuff, what they put in here. Um, uh, investments in other ventures under equity method. It's not that either. It's typically minority interest is ownership of like subsidiary companies, like 20% ownership of a XYZ company, something like that. And I don't see it in here, but I will check Oops. just in case. Minority is not coming up. There's preferred stock. So we are good on that. billion US dollars. So this shows that this is lower than um, the enterprise value is lower than the market cap, which is here. Um, Actually, for those that are listening on the podcast that can't see what I'm doing, $12.2 billion um, enterprise value is lower than $13.3 billion market cap. That is one sign the company might be undervalued. Why? Because as a total owner of the company, you would typically either get this cash upon acquisition, or you would carve, it's called carving this cash out um, to lower the purchase price of the business. So that's why you subtract it from the enterprise value. This also indicates that the company has significant, uh, significantly more cash than debt, which gives the company larger margin of safety. 2.2. Now we need... Okay, 1.12 is a trailing 12-month operating profit. Uh, free cash flow is 787. Oops, I guess I need to zero, 787. There we go. 2 divided by 1.12 equals 
10.9, round it up, and 12.2 divided by 15.5. On these two numbers, I look for anything below eight to consider the company undervalued. So this shows that combined, the company is slightly overvalued right now. I will consider buying something when it's fairly valued. I will never buy anything when it's overvalued. Um, why? Uh, this will illustrate why. The earnings yield down here, and that was from a previous example, is 1.12 divided by 12.2 equals 9.2% and 0.787 divided by 12.2 equals 6.5%. So what I was showing down here is the inflation rate in the US is 5.4% right now. These earnings yields show you what you should expect to own if you buy the company based on today's numbers and today's share price, what you should expect to own uh, or what you should expect to earn if you buy the stock today in the next year. So 9.2% expected return, it's okay. Um, I look for anything above 10% here and frankly, the higher the better. What does this have to do with the 5.4% inflation I just talked about? You need to subtract that number from this. 4% equals 9.2 minus 5.4 equals 3.8%. For example, here. And it's what? 1.1% down here on the free cash flow to EB. Why do you need to subtract inflation? Because inflation, while you don't really see it, is a real cost. <laughs> Um, it really lowers the value of your investments, um, your U.S. dollars if you're in the U.S., your other currency if you're overseas. Um, it lowers the value and makes things more expensive. So this also lowers your potential investment returns because, again, this is a real cost that you do not see again, outside of the grocery stores and stuff like that. This real-world 3.8% is not a good return, um, in my opinion. That's not enough margin of safety in a real world sense um, for me to consider investing in this company. And that's why the valuation up here is so important. If this was say six up here on the EV to EBIT, this number would be this earnings yield, this real world earnings yield after subtracting inflation would be somewhere in the number neighborhood of seven to 12%. That is far better. Um, again, the market itself does about 10% per year on average. so. That's why, especially when inflation is high, which it is right now, you need to find, you need to work to get even higher investment returns because inflation will eat away at the returns, again, in a real world sense, because it lowers the value of US dollars, where I live in the US um, and your other currency. Hopefully that all makes sense. Uh, because of these things though, um, I will change this note because of overvaluation. Does this mean it's a bad stock? No. Does this mean it's a terrible stock that you should absolutely sell if you own it already? No. Um, does this mean if you're looking to buy it, you should not look to buy it? Possibly. Based on my criteria, yes. I would not buy this because it's overvalued um, for the reasons I talked about here. Um, however, and frankly, I'm not even gonna do further research on it right now because it's overvalued. However, because it's a good looking stock on all, literally every single other metric, I would put it on my watch list. 
um, to do further research on. If you own stock in Logitech and you plan to own it for the long term, this valuation stuff is not a huge deal. Should you maybe sell some, that's frankly to a lock in profits. That's a completely different discussion that is tailored, frankly, to your time horizon, your personal biases, your other opportunities. I can't answer that here. However, what I can say is for the portfolios I manage, I cannot research this further right now because it's overvalued and I wouldn't look to buy it right now for those reasons. Um, again, hopefully that all makes sense. If, there we go, there we go, let's get you back over here. If I missed something, if I didn't explain something well, if I didn't explain this last section well enough, let me know in the comments below or if you have any questions, let me know in the comments below because it's very important especially with valuations at or near all-time highs on pretty much most stocks worldwide and high rates of inflation in most parts of the world. This is very important. Valuation is becoming even more important now than it is in kind of when things are just going straight up. But inflation's low. <laughs> inflation, or uh, because inflation rates are high right now, that makes devaluation and the expected rate of return even more important, again, for the reason I explained earlier. But if I didn't explain that well enough, let me know in the comments below. If you want me to look at a stock like this anywhere in the world, I will do so. Um, if it meets three criteria, can't be a bank, I don't evaluate banks. Can't be an insurance company because you have to actually dig into the financials to, um, to be able to evaluate them properly. And when I say financials, I mean actual annual reports. It also has to be producing revenue. Why does it have to be producing revenue? Because I've done some videos for at the request of viewers and the companies weren't producing revenue. And because at this stage, I don't care about what the company says they're going to do. I don't care about how the CEO says they're going to dominate and take over the world. I don't care about any of that um, at this stage of my analysis. If, uh, so frankly, the the um, analysis uh, videos were boring. So if it meets those three criteria, let me know and I'll look at a stock anywhere in the world for you. If uh, you're listening on YouTube, First off, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Make sure to also like, love, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And if you do subscribe, hit the notification bell so you get notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. If you're listening on the podcast, again, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Make sure to do all that same stuff on the podcast. But on the podcast, we'd also really appreciate a review because the more reviews, views, and listens to our content, the more people we can help. If you're looking for more specific help, or if you're looking for more help on how to become a better investor faster, make sure to check out our free resources below. You can get this free worksheet as part of the five free gifts, and I'm pointing it to my other screen here, the preliminary analysis worksheet. You can get this as part of the five free gifts. Uh, link for that is below. You can also get a free PDF copy of my book, How to Value Us, a free copy of our guide, Seven Tips to Picking Great Stocks and Three Times You Must Sell. You can get all three of those for free at the links below. If you're looking for more specific help from me on how to become a better investor faster, make sure to check out the links below for our masterclass, mastermind.valueinvestingjourney.com, mastermind.valueinvestingjourney.com. In the masterclass, you learn everything you need to know from beginning to end, how to find stocks, how to evaluate them, um, how to value them 23 different ways uh, without high level math, <laughs> um, and how to uh, get in the proper mindset, all this stuff, and to go to get that information and more information about our masterclass, including information on the $9,000 free bonuses we're offering right now, go to mastermind.valueinvestingjourney.com, mastermind.valueinvestingjourney.com, or the link below as well in the description to find out more about our value investing masterclass. But until next time, 
Have a great day. Talk soon. Bye.